You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And today's subject is the question of MS versus Shalom, truth versus peace. And this brings us to the great rabbis Hillel and Shammai, and as we'll see, Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, which are the schools of Hillel and the schools of Shammai. So if you recall, we started each of the previous classes with a theoretical question. So, and uh, I know someone mentioned that, you know, it's much harder to think about theoretical questions, but let's take a theoretical question that is a very practical question. This is a question that you probably encounter almost every day. So let's take the following scenario. You're at an event. Let's call it a, a party. And one of your friends walks in. One of your close friends walks in. Wearing the most hideous, ridiculous clothing that you have ever seen anybody wear. They look like they just walked out of a very strange circus and right into this party. But, they don't realize it. They think that they're chic and stylish. Meanwhile, everyone's talking about them. Everyone's making fun of that person. What would you do? Would you speak up? Would you say something to them? Or would you um, stay quiet? I will, I will keep quiet. If my friend, if they are really my friend and you feel comfortable, who am I to decide that it's not the proper one? But this, this are per- the people who talk against it. Who but, are they? Do they have a better judgment? Well, listen, those people are wrong. That's not the question. The question no, is, I would, not, I would not say this person doesn't know that they're doing well, how something. Do you know that he doesn't know. How do you know? How can you tell about? Somebody that he doesn't know. You, how that, do you know? Well, that's what they're expressing. You walk in, look how good I look. This is amazing. No. This is a new style. This is a new whatever. And meanwhile, you know that they got it all wrong. So the question is, do you say something? And I, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this a little bit. You know, let's take the following case. Let's say someone comes over to you and says, look at my new bag. I have this bag that I purchased, and it cost me a thousand dollars, and it is the most ridiculous thing in the world, it's disgusting, it looks bad, it makes them look bad, they look foolish because of it, shouldn't you be doing them a favor and tell them, by the way, this probably doesn't look so good for you? I would not, I would not, if I'm a good friend, I would not. Okay. Would not either. Um, I would. Who am I, I, would say, I would say probably that I, it's not my, t- it looks good on you, I probably wouldn't, uh, it would not look good on me, but it's okay, you know, you look okay with that, I would not embarrass them. But it doesn't but look except, good. Except that if it's your best friend, but who is I the one to make the decision? You should be honest with them. Who has to be honest? What does honesty have to do with it? What do you... Besides that I'm right. Who decides that I'm right? Well, let me ask you, what if you're that person and you have something about you that you don't realize you think is perfectly fine, but really it's something that's embarrassing for you? Would you not want one of your friends to tell you? Only if I will come and ask them, what do you think? Then it's a different kind of a question. I think in the present situation, things cannot be changed immediately. And we live in a culture that we don't say everything in face, that everything is in levels. Say, to say, I would think, if I would say it, I would make a prognosis for a couple steps ahead. If I would say it, things cannot be changed immediately. And I would just cause this person a tremendous embarrassment and feeling bad. I would, if my friend, I will talk to him later, but in the, the present situation, I would not say a thing. Right, and I want to emphasize one of the, one of the points which you kind of Let made. There's, there's also an issue of how you say things, and we're setting that aside. We're not discussing how you say it yet, maybe soon, but, but for now, we're just questioning, should you say something, or should you not? And what you're suggesting is that maybe it depends on whether 
um, whether maybe it should depend on whether there's something that could be done about it. That that may be true, but I I don't know if that addresses the main issue, which is my, should you bring the issue up at all? Yeah, my question. Hillel said that if somebody marry um, an ugly. Well, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get to the story of Hillel now. That's that's part of our our subject of discussion. So, so let me read that line. Let's go straight there. Um, I'm not brought up that uh, Gemara, the statement in the Talmud. So let's read that statement in the Talmud. Uh, thank you, Anat, for leading us there um, 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 faster than we were going to go there. But let's do it. Tanu, this is a statement by the, by the rabbis in the Talmud. Tanu Rabbanan. Ketzad Meraktin Lifnei Hakala. Ketzad merakdin lifnei hakala does not mean how do you dance in front of a kala. Even though it's always whenever the kala gets in the middle and she's, um, people are dancing in front of her, um, they always play this song. That's not what it means. The word merakdin means to dance, but the word merakdin also means to filter. To be merakade means to sift. So how do you filter? You have to give a speech. Everyone's got to give speeches at the wedding, after the wedding, before the wedding. What, how do you filter? Beit Shammai Omrim, the school of Shammai says, Kala Kemo Shihi. You praise the Kala based on what's unique about her, what's special about her. In other words, find some good quality and talk about, talk about it. This kala has a beautiful smile, or this kala has uh, great wisdom, even though she may have other, not such complementary qualities. Don't talk about those. Focus on what, what is there. Ubetilel omrim, Betilel says, kala na'av chasuda. That you say about the kala, about every kala that she is beautiful and filled with grace. That is the position of Beit Hillel. That about every kala you say, this is a beautiful bride, and she's filled with grace, and filled with, uh, with a, 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 um, a kindness, a chen, a chesed. That, those, that's the position of Beit Hillel. Now here is where it gets tricky. Amru lehem Beit Shammai le Beit Hillel. So Beit Shammai said to Beit Hillel, Hoita chigeret. What if she is lame, osuma, or blind? Omrim la kala noava chasuda? Can you say that she's beautiful? Now, according to some, Beit Shammai is using a euphemism here. It doesn't mean literally if she's blind. Meaning, what if she's ugly? What if she's an ugly kala? You're going to say kala noava chasuda? Torah amra midvar sheker tirchak. The Torah tells you that we need to distance ourselves from lies. And you, if you say about an ugly person that they are beautiful, then you're a liar. Uh, b- before we go, be- before everyone jumps on Beit Shammai, I want you to understand that Beit Shammai is saying something a lot deeper than we realize, and hopefully we'll get to that. But, but let's first read the Gemara. So Beit Shammai asks a question. How can you say Kala Na'a, that this is a beautiful Kala, if she's ugly? So what does Beit Hillel respond? Amru lahem Beit Hillel Beit Shammai ledivrechem. According to you, Misha lakach mekach ram in ashuk. If someone buys something, someone bought a car. Your friend calls you up and says you have to come and see my new car, and they show up in their new car, and it is the ugliest looking machine that you have ever seen in your life. The colors make you immediately want to run and hide in your house. It is so ugly, this car. What should you do? Says Beit Hillel. Should I praise it? Or should I shame him? Everyone agrees. You make him feel good about his purchase. And that's Beit Hillel's response to Beit Shammai. And before we discuss this, the Talmud adds one line. It's very important. Mikan Amru Chachamim, from Beit Hillel's response, our sages taught us, Le'olam 
תהי דעתו של אדם מעורבת עם הבריות. A person should always be able to interact with people in a healthy way. As Rashi says, לעשות לאיש ואיש כרצונו. Meaning that you have to speak, according to what we learn from Beit Hillel, is that you do not need to speak the truth. You can tell people what they want to hear. That's what Beit Hillel says. When it comes to purchasing of an object, you're allowed to tell them what they want to hear. And so when this person shows up with this um, um, weird colored, weird shaped car, you are allowed to, better yet, you're supposed to, make them feel good about it. And we d- learn that from the position of Beit Hillel. So the question is, the question is, what, what, is the, what is the debate here? What's the argument? What's really the discussion that's going on between Hillel and Shammai? I think if you ask most people, they'll tell you that it sounds like Hillel is being more considerate, and so Hillel says, listen, we don't want people to feel bad, and so let's, let's, um, let's tell them that their object is, looks, the car looks nice, or the bag looks nice, or the clothing looks nice, or the kala looks nice. Let's tell them what they want to hear, because why upset them? What's the point? That, that's easy, an easy position to defend. But what's Beis Shammai thinking? Why does Beis Shammai say, nope, you can't lie? And, and not only that, but Bishami didn't respond to Betilel when Betilel said, when someone buys something, you have to, you have to praise it to them. Bishami doesn't sound like they disagree with that. Then why would they disagree in the case of a bride by saying that you, can, you can't lie about a cow? So, uh, I'm not brought up this Gemara, and I, I, I'd like if you, we could go back to your point. Um, about Beit Hillel, wh- what, what were you going to suggest uh, based on this? You know, if someone marry and you want them to marry and have a good life, why should you um, why should you say bad things about the Kala? Well, I'd like I'd like to clar- you to clarify that for a second. We're not talking okay. about saying bad things. We're we're talking about whether you can lie about good things or not. But I don't think that it's a lie because the beauty is I don't know how to say it in English. It's by the eyes of the person. So, for example, if the person chose his color, in his eyes she's the prettiest, and. She won't, and because I'm not this person, I should encourage him because the beauty, everybody is in the eyes of the beholder. And if she's pretty by him, I should respect his taste. Well, that, so, so how would you compliment the, the bride, though? You can't say she is so beautiful, and if you say, I mean, according to Beit and if you say she's beautiful in the eyes of her beholder, that, that is more likely to sound like an insult than a compliment. Right, so that, that's, what, that's the question, is according to uh, 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 what Beit is arguing, is that you can't say a lie... So if, you're, if, you want to say, listen, if you want to say it's a beautiful kala and your intention is that she's beautiful to the, to the chasen, and this isn't a men-women thing. You could do the same debate the other way around, according to uh, most opinions. We're just using an example. But, but if, you, if, you only, if you suggest that she's um, beautiful and you don't believe it, even though you're saying it's in the eyes of the beholder, but if I don't believe it, if I, if I and everyone else in the room thinks she's ugly, then how can I lie, even if I've got a, a good reason? But what it will add if you say your opinion in this simcha? I agree with you, I agree with you, but that, is, that, is that a reason to lie? You don't have to lie. You can say her, her dress is very beautiful. She looks very festivic. It depends how you say it. You don't have to lie. I'm sure that the dress is beautiful. Her hairdo is beautiful. They were trying to make her more beautiful. 
And who am I to make judgment? I don't understand the question. No, you're who am I to make a judgment? I am the one who knows everything. Everybody's stupid. I'm the only one. That's what it says. Well, Nobody asks my opinion. I volunteer it, right? Right. I volunteer but, my opinion. Right, but you, it's your job. That's what it is. It's Ketzad Maraktin Lifnei Akala means that you're being asked to talk about the Kala. I can talk about her dress, about her hair, about her eyes. What should you talk about? What should you talk about? Her wisdom? What is she saying? Let me explain. I don't want to say that she's beautiful if she's not. But I can say she has beautiful blue eyes. So that's beautiful. Well, I can say positive yeah. things without saying she's beautiful. And I don't lie. Okay, so I don't think I like. essentially you're really taking the position of Beit Shammai, because that's, that's really no, what... No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that is the position of Beit Shammai. Beit Shammai says you can't no, tell a I lie. I don't say she's ugly. I don't say she's ugly. Beit Shammai didn't say you say she's ugly. Beit Shammai said kamoshahi, meaning find something truthful. And even though it sounds bad for the Kala, if, if people are not saying that she's beautiful and they're picking their words, Beit Shammai says, focus on something that's true. You know, she has a nice smile. She's got good ideas. You know, she's, she's very uh, motivated. Find something about her, but don't say things that are not true or that you don't believe. Beit Hillel says, no, every Kala you should say, Kala no v'chasuda. Every Kala. Beit Shammai says, that's a lie. She's not no, she's not chasuda. She is the meanest, most wicked, um, cruel woman in this case, again, making up a, a story, and, and you, Beit Hillel says, you should still say, Kala Noah Vachasuda, and Beit Shammai says, she's mean. She's mean. How can you say Chasuda? She's a mean girl. You need to find something else to say, but don't lie. That, so it sounds to me more like you're taking the position of Beit Shammai than Beit Hillel. <laughs> That's a very offending thing. <laughs> It's thinking at a wedding, the color is beautiful and uh, sweet. She's so more beautiful than usual. Right. Uh, the, the if you say that every color in every wedding, she's very pretty, she's happy, she's uh, wonderful. So during this time, it's not a lie if you say that she's Na'av Hasuda. Well, that's true if you believe it. But what if you look at her and you know when you say that she's beautiful that she isn't? Hey, I got, we're not here to judge anyone. We're, 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 not, this, we're not in a beauty pageant right now. The, the question is, and you can change the example, but the, the example that the Gemara is using is an example where the Kala is, is not beautiful. And the question is, can you still say that she's beautiful? Are, are you allowed to lie or just focus on other things and focus on what is there? Rachel, you're, you're muted. You can't, we can't hear you, Rachel. No, we don't hear you. So open her. I did, I did. The principle is here that if you have the courage always to say the really truth, like the same Yiddish, the Rengu Sheine Emes, the truth. It's not, the truth is not always serving the purpose. And I think here is the depth of looking at the truth that it really, the, if it's the level of serving or contribute to something good, or the truth is contribute to something negative. Well, I'm going to ask you to turn that around, because um, you're, I, I agree with you that you know, speaking the truth in the cases where it hurts, we have to be careful. Now the question is, a little more, can I lie? Because that's the question. Not whether I should um, share the truth. The question is, can I say something that I believe is a lie in order to make someone feel good? Or is there something essentially wrong about lying? Not always. And it's, you, don't, you don't have only just a pure lie. Sometimes a lie can be the, uh, blended with the truth. Is that okay? Are you allowed to speak words which have let's lies say, in them? Let's yes. Say, let's say if you are helping somebody, you are helping a person that is ugly, is limping, and you're telling, but you have a beautiful life, I think it's, it's helping. 
Well, you that's are not telling the whole the, lie, or you don't tell the whole truth. Ah, uh, that's still only it's telling not, the truth. <laughs> that may be true, but uh, again, telling telling someone who's got um, you know all kinds of issues that they have beautiful eyes, that's true. Where everyone agrees that you're allowed to do that. The question is, can you say more? Can you say you are the most beautiful kala that I have ever seen in my no, life? No, you cannot say this. So you, you can't lie. You can, you can, you have to find a way, and I think Beth Hillel is doing it, I don't know, you're going to tell us. I think that Beth Hillel finds way to go around it, to be clever. Okay. To be clever about it. It's not just saying... No, no, Beit Hillel is not being clever about it, because Beit Hillel just makes it simple. Every kala is kala noava chasuda. Every kala. But you cannot go in life in a very straight line. It thinks are mixed. It's not all together one way. It's not. Right. The, as we know it. The, the problem is, if we, if we start making concessions, I'm not disagreeing yet, but if you start making concessions that allow for lies, we, we get into a very dangerous area of where we draw those lines. We do uh, live in dangerous areas all the time. Right. So, so if we tell you that, listen, it's for your benefit that I'm lying to you. you know, that's a dangerous statement. That's a dangerous statement. And that's what it sounds like, at least the simple reading of Beit Hillel. Okay, so l- let, me, let, let me ask, a, I, I, I'm going to try a little bit of an exercise here. I just have a question. Sure. What, haps, what happens, for example, if a couple wants to get married and the husband has a fatal disease, but they still love each other and they want to get married, let's say a fatal cancer, and they want to live together a couple of months, what would Hillel say about this? Well, what's the question? Whether you should compliment it or not? The guy is dying. Right. What should you uh, say in the wedding? According to Beit Hillel, Kala Nova Chasuda. Chatan Noev V'chasuda. But the, you, you, you would say... Chatan Noev V'chasuda. V'chasuda, thank you. Noeh, as opposed to Na'a. Right. Right. Um, right, it's... Okay, so... <laughs> um, so yeah, according to Beit Hillel, you would just say, Kala Noev V'chasuda. And that's it. You, you, would, you just keep it simple. And, and I, I also want you to think about this, because according to Beit Hillel, if you're saying the same thing to everyone, doesn't it cheapen and take away? So not only are you lying, but you're also almost insulting all the kalot by, by calling everyone. So here's this Kala who spent thousands of dollars on makeup and she gets the same compliment that this other uh, Kala got uh, two weeks ago. Maybe that's insulting a little bit. But, okay, let's, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this question. Um, I, 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 wanna, I, wa- I want you to make a, a comparison. I'm going to give you two situations and... To yourself, make a decision as to what you think the right thing to do in that situation is. And what I'm looking for is to see if anyone here would get a different response in each situation. So let's take the following case. The first case is, you put on something, um, you, um, one of your friends puts on something that is extremely unflattering. Doesn't matter what the example is, how it is. They put something on that they think makes them look good, and it actually makes them look really, um, really bad. It makes them look bad, and I'm sure at some point you've seen, at some point in your life, someone wearing something, and you'd really like to say to them, you know. So they come out of the house. You could right now tell them, this doesn't look so good on you. Go change into something better. Or I think that, you know, you could find something that makes you look better. Now, I'm not asking anyone here um, yet. Think about what you think the right thing would do. Now, I remember at the beginning, people were saying, listen, it's too late. Here, it's not too late. You can go back inside and change and put on something that is, that is more flattering. Would you say to your friend, go change, or would you not? Now, hold on to your answer, and let me put on that top of that question number two. 
when a woman asks a man, in most cases it's the wife asking the husband, does this dress make me look, fill in whatever word you want to use? What is the right answer? And is the, um, what I'm asking is, is there a difference between example number one and example number two? I think that it all depends whether you you have your comment in public or in private. If it's a best friend and you, and, and she's wearing something that makes her look terrible, it's perfectly fine for you to, as, as your best friend to say, "Look, I love you very much, but but you don't look very good with that. Go change." Okay. Same and thing with the husband. Same thing with the husband. You want you think that the husband should say yes? You should change. Absolutely. I, I'm not sure if there's a single husband in the world who would agree with you, but I'm wondering whether um, anyone in this room. And I, 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 I think that the um, you may be speaking for for the women, and that may be true. But I don't know if the husbands would dare. I shouldn't say that. It's not that they don't agree with you. They may just be too scared. But the, this, but but you're taking a position that is true in both ways. That both the friend and the husband should both give an honest and helpful response, even though it may be insulting. Well, if you ask for an opinion, you should expect their opinion, not what you don't want to hear. Does everyone agree but with this? Why is it insulting? I don't understand why is it insulting. If you say it in a nice way, and you're the best friend, or you're the husband, and your relationship is good, why should it be insulting? We says, you know what? That doesn't look so good on you. Go change to something else. What's the big deal? I, I, I think that... Uh, what is the purpose of this statement? Is it to encourage somebody or to put somebody down? I think it's because you care. Wait, wait, wait. And my second question is, who am I to have a better opinion than anybody else? Than the person who decides to dress in a very provocative way. Who am I to make that So if she doesn't accept your opinion, she Why doesn't can't accept I your opinion. color them with love and give them a very positive uh, response. Is, is that if what the you... person asks me... I, I think... I, I, I'm, I, again, I, I, if someone disagrees here, I, I don't... I think that if you live in a world where everyone's going to be nice about it, then, then yeah, why not be nice about it? But you know that people are... This person's going to wish that someone had told them something. People are going to be talking behind their back and then this person's going to go, if only one of my friends would have been honest to me. I have to say two things. First of all, who said that I am the one to make the judgment. People, That's right. people, have, people have all kinds of opinions. This is number one. Number two, it depends what kind of a relationship you have with your husband, what kind of a relationship. If it really can bring you to change the dress and then you're going to really feel better about yourself, that's kind of very bad that you have bad judgment. Okay, yeah. so what, what I, I want to... Right, so I, I think we're all kind of in the same place. I, I want to bring it back to the emphasis on the question. The, the, the emphasis here, obviously everyone agrees that there's no reason to insult someone or to start a fight for no reason. Everyone agrees with that. There's no reason to cause someone shame if there's no purpose to it. If someone is doing something weird and you think that uh, you don't like it, let them do whatever they want. The question here is, it's very important that we only see the question from this angle, is are you allowed to lie? That's the question. Are you allowed to lie? The question isn't whether you should speak up, whether you should... You're already in the situation and you have a choice. You can either speak the truth and who will cause them insult or pain or some form, now you could say it won't. Then you're dealing with a case where it won't. That's not our case. Our case is where if you say this, you're going to insult the person. Is it better to speak the truth so that the person knows, or is it better to lie so that they don't feel bad? That's where the question becomes. But life doesn't cut the... Like it's cut and dry. That's, if, if you lie... It means that you are not a truthful person. You could be a very truthful person, but you think beyond the situation. You think what kind of a damage you're going to do to the person, if my, my saying is going to help the person. You have to, it, it cannot be 
order, order. It's not. It doesn't work like this. Things have to be more, it's more complicated. But, but I, I need to know what to do. That's our question. What's more important? Uh, I, we all agree, it's important to be a truthful person. People who make up stories, people who tell lies, you know, for, for, the, um, you know, for the sake of, um, um, you know, building themselves up or for the sake of putting others down or even for the sake of entertainment, there's something essentially wrong with people who find no issue with lying. That, that there's, there's, we need to be people of truth. Anshe emet, people of truth, is something that the Torah speaks about in a positive way. The question is, is sticking to your principles and saying, well, it's the truth, is that a reason to allow someone, someone to get hurt? Even if that person is wrong for being hurt, do I speak the truth or do I forego the truth and not just omit the truth, but actually lie in order to make this person feel better about themselves? Now, I want to get into some of the other opinions here. Tosafot, which is one of the other commentaries on the Talmud, says that, no, we're, we're misunderstanding this. Everyone agrees, this is what Tosafot said, everyone agrees that you're allowed to say something which in the current situation is a, is a what we call a white lie or, or a, 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 a what we call a shinui, a change. Not, not, not a lie lie, but like a change, an adjustment within the truth. By, and you know how you can tell? The Talmud tells us that it is um, that Gadol HaShalom, you know how important peace is? That God Himself changed His words. Because, Vatitzchak Sarah Bekirba, everyone of Sarah laughed when she heard that she was going to have a child. Vadoniza came, right? Avraham is too old to have children. And what does God come to Avraham and says, Lama Zetzachaka Sarah? Why is Sarah um, laughing? And she said, Beloti, um, right? she, she, and she said, yeah. God changed her words. She said, Vadonizakin, Avram is old. And Hashem repeated it to Avraham as Vanizakanti. Now, Hashem only made one small change, just that one part of the story that Avram didn't need to hear. And, and it's in the Torah to teach us that you're meant to lie in this way. And it's very careful. You can't just tell lies wherever you want. But in this case, you can make a small change because why not? Because peace, according to this statement in the Talmud, is more important than truth. So ask Tosafot, if that's the case, then how come over here Beit Shammai says that you have to speak the truth? So listen to what Tosafot says, and I think it's really, really very beautiful. What, what he, he says is that Beit Shammai is not concerned about people and giving speeches and saying things that are twists within the truth. What Beit Shammai is concerned about is institutionalizing a lie. To, 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 to say about every single kala, kala na'ava chasuda, means that I'm not going to make adjustments within the information to speak the, the truth. So, for example, if you have a Kala who is, uh, we're trying not to um, use terms that are, that are uh, um, degrading, but, but let's go with, she's extremely, um, okay, let's just, she's not intelligent, not intelligent at all, meaning that she still has trouble, um, you know, tying her shoes and counting to ten. Right? She has to take, take her mittens off to count to ten. So, for someone to get up and to say, she's beautiful, she has a great smile, she has a great personality, you know, she's very witty, and she's very... You can say all those things, and they may be true. But for you to say that she is so smart, and so clever, and so... And all these things, which... I guess she, maybe she is in her way, but not in your belief, not in the way that you believe it. That's an open lie. Says Beishamu, we can't institutionalize it. You can't say that you should say kala nava chasuda about every kala. So, so what's Beit Hillel saying? Then why does Beit Hillel say that you could 
How could you say Kalanava Hasuda about about everyone when it's not true? They're not saying you should take the real information and, and turn it into a nice way to put it. They're saying that you should completely uh, just say Kalanava Hasuda. Says the Tosafot Reed he says Mikan Amrucha Chamim, as we read from the Talmud, that a person has to be Datomu Revet Imabriot, Pirush Lomar Davar Hamit Kabel, the Afalpisha Omer Sheker. That it is more important for you to share something that people are Mikabel, that people can handle, even if it's Sheker. Can you elaborate a little? So, Can you a little elaborate more about white lie? Because you say lie, so it looks as if the whole world is going to fall. No, there is some other factors: peace and um, and taking in account what you do to your lazulat. Um, uh, so. You can't take lie as a big bomb that you have to say it out because it's the truth. You have to consider other factors. And they found something that's called white lie. That you can handle it because you know the situation has other factors that you bend to them. Right. I, I, I hear you, but, but what we're suggesting... Wait, wait, is this Betty Lel? Is this Betty Lel? Um, well, I don't know if you're trying to bring yourself to Beit Hillel. I think you are closer there. But Beit Hillel doesn't sound like they're just allowing a white, a white lie. Beit Hillel sounds like they're allowing, allowing a complete lie. You can say, What is so important about that? Uh, maybe you should give us another example that is so important about that it's very important. This is what, what, what is so important if she's beautiful or not. She probably looks nicer than she looked before with the makeup <laughs> and with the dress, for sure. Uh, okay, I've never so seen her so beautiful like she looks today. See, our, our, sages, our, our sages are discussing the example of the color. But I, I, I want, everyone knows that you get questions like this every day. Every day. I mean, to, right? You get questions about when someone asks you something or someone says something. For example, someone says to you, you know, what do you think about this? And, and you have a position that would, it, your, your real opinion, you, you want to, you know, tell them, throw this out, this is a garbage product, you don't need to use it. But this person, you know, they like it, this, do I have to share, do I have to speak the truth? You get questions like this every day. And you can move through life peacefully if you navigate and work around these obstacles. But it seems like you are becoming a person who is not speaking the not speaking the truth. So what? The Torah says, Midvar Sheker Tirchak. We have an obligation to speak truth and to avoid lies and there's something wrong with us if we can connect to an untruth. I mean, that's what, that's what Beit Shammai said. So, it says Midvar Shaker Tirchak, and that needs to be important to us, because if we don't appreciate how important truth is, the whole world falls apart. You cannot be extreme. Yeah, you can, you can be very... That's the, that's the problem in Beit Shammai, that you can very guarded. He cannot hear something that is different. He doesn't want to take other factors within his judgment. And um, you should wonder, you know, let's bring it to our time. No, 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 there are no, no, politics, no. I'm not bringing politics in, but there are people that are so bad shamai, they cannot hear anything that can endanger their opinion about the situation. So they leave the situation or they become very um, aggressive with the response. Yeah, I, I, I think you're... L let me put this into the more... Everyone has a friend who is brutal. Everyone knows someone who is just brutal. And when they tell you, why would you say something like that, when you say that to this, they say, I'm just telling the truth. Right? Yes, everyone, yes. everyone knows someone like well, that, right? Well, and, you, and that person... You, uh, 
Rabbi, you remember the question that you asked us, I don't remember, a lesson ago, two lessons ago. When you are judging people, put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to talk for him, something that is against your opinion. Try right. to... T- we're not looking for understanding here, because it's a little bit of a different question. The question is what you say, not what you think. And so, if you don't have, no, if you don't have the understanding, so you don't have a discussion. Yet. No, I agree with you. You have to understand. But once you do understand, now the question is: Should you speak the truth, and and you probably help them by letting them know the truth? Right? If, if, if someone plays an instrument and they play it horribly and now they want to go and do a performance at Carnegie Hall and, and you know that they're going to embarrass themselves because they're not good at their instrument and so they say to you, how was it? If you said that was beautiful, you're not doing them a favor. Now, I get it. There's a difference in how you say it. And, that, and certainly those people who excuse, I'm just speaking the truth and really they're speaking with cruelty. You blunt... If people call it, I'm just being blunt, that's a very blunt person. No, it's a very mean person, because you can choose your words. The question is, should you say anything at all, or should you make them feel good about themselves? Are you even doing them a favor? Now, I, I want to, I want to um, take us to a different place, and I don't know if I'll have time for, for the entire thing, but you're all familiar with this Gemara in Shabbat 31a. This is what the Talmud says. Tanur Rabbanan. There was Maaseh benachri echad Shamai. There was a guy who came before Shammai and said to him, Kama Torot yesh lachem? How many Torot do you have? Amalo, he said, we have Torah Shebichtav and we have Torah Shebaal Peh. So he said, Shebichtav ani mamincha, Shebaal Peh ani mamincha. I believe you about the Torah Shebichtav, about the Bible, but all this rabbi stuff, the Torah Shebaal Peh, I don't buy into that. Gaireni, I want you to convert me. This is a person who comes before Shammai. He says, I want you to convert me. I want you to only teach me the Torah Shebikhtav, the written Torah. Shammai shouted at him and threw him out. Ba'alifne Hillel, he came before Hillel, and he came before Hillel, and he, and he said, um, you know, I want just Torah Shebikhtav, and Beit Hillel said, sure, you want Torah Shebikhtav, I'll give you Torah Shebikhtav. And so he starts teaching him, day one, he teaches him Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalad, then he comes in the next day, and he says, this is Dalad, Gimel, Bet, Aleph, the opposite of what he said yesterday. He says to him, Rabbi, you told me this is Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, and now you're saying Dalet, Gimel, Bet, Aleph? He said, who told you Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet? He said, you did, yesterday. He's like, ah, that's rabbinic tradition. So, so, so the, the, the person got the point, and he converted and became a great, a great, uh, um, a great um, Ger Tzedek. Moving on, says the Talmud, um, there was another incident. And I want you to teach me the entire Torah. As I stand on one foot. Shamai, as we know, was, a, was an architect. So he had a yardstick. It's a a measuring ruler that you measured buildings with. It's called the Amat Habinyan. And the reason why it's called the Amat Habinyan was because in those days they measured things by the Amma. Right? Tefachim and, uh, is a fist and Amma is, is, yeah, from the uh, fingers to the, to the elbow. That was the measure. So, so the yardstick was called an Amma. So he, he pushed him by Amat Habinyan with the Amma of the building. And then he came before Hillel, and Hillel told him, um, What you don't want done to you, don't do to others, etc. Then the Gemara tells us a third story, that there was a man who wanted to convert, he came before Shammai, and said to him, Gairini, um, I want you to convert me, on the condition that I'll be the Kohen Gadol. So again, Dachfon Ba'amat Abinyan Shebiyado, Beit Shammai pushed him out with the Amat Abinyan, and Beit Hillel 
um, taught him that, you know, taught him eventually that it's not such an exciting thing to be the Kohen Gadol. In fact, it's really dangerous. But what's interesting is that the Talmud needs to tell us that he was Dachfo Ba'amat Habinyan. Who cares which stick he used to push the guy out? And why is Shammai using, using a stick to push the guy out? But it's clear to anyone that there's a little metaphor there. Because the word can be read as Dachvo Be'emet Habinyan. Right? Because he could have just said Dachvo Ba'ama. But by saying Amat Habinyan, you allow for Amat, Aleph Memta, for the word Emet. Beit Shammai says, you're not doing anyone a favor by telling them that they can convert to Judaism, but they only have to keep half the Torah. That's a lie. It's not true. It's not the right thing. And you're, you're tricking people and lying to people for, in order that they should have an easy life. And you're not doing them any favors. Beit Hillel says, yeah, 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 come and join. Come and join. So, Beit Shammai, Beit Shammai is not a mean guy. But he's pushing him out by Amat Abinyan. He pushed him out by telling him the truth. You are, you are not doing yourself a favor by trying to convert and do this in a way which isn't proper. So it's almost like someone is making an investment. Someone is about to take $100,000 and put it into a stock. And you know better. You know. You may tell me you don't know. But in this, my example that I'm making up, you do know. You know that it's the wrong thing for them. Do you, do you stop them? Or do you, say, or, or do you just let them go and, and waste their money and waste their time and their effort? What kind of a friend are you? Says Beit Shammai, you've got to speak the truth. So then what's Beit Hillel saying? What's Beit Hillel saying? How could Beit Hillel say that when someone says, I want to convert on the condition that I'm going to be the Kohen Gadol, Beit Hillel says, sure. No problem. We'll convert you, then we'll make you the Kohen Gadol. And then he starts teaching him about the rules of the Kohen Gadol. The guy says, this is too complicated, forget it. I don't want to be the Kohen Gadol. But he lied to him. He told him that when he was going to convert, he told him he was going to let him be the Kohen Gadol. When he never had such intentions. Can anyone defend Beit Hillel here? Telling someone that, yeah, yeah, we'll make you the Kohen Gadol, knowing that he's going to change his mind later? You know, after you start to study, I think that, uh, in my opinion, Betilel is doing better because he invites him in. If he says, tell me the whole Torah when I stand on my leg, he says, Now, if the man is curious, he will ask more questions. He will arrive to the same thing that maybe if he will say yes to Shammai, he will get there. But they have different kind of ways how to invite and then let the man make the decision. Right, I hear you. But but it's a... You have to address the question of, but it's a lie. The Torah is not... You know, we use lie in a very... I, I, I'm using it in a big way. The Torah is not There's so much more to the, at least the simple understanding of it. Ah, but, it's, but that's the beginning. But that's the beginning. That's not what he you said. Getting into a new world, and in the world there are a lot of new things. Of course, you cannot teach him the whole thing when he stands on one leg. That's not. That's Shammai. That's Shammai. Well, you're arguing Shammai's position again. No, he again. said no. He immediately said no. You don't have any options. There's he no way to teach Because he's saying there is no way to teach someone all of the Torah while they're standing on one foot. Hillel is essentially lying. And he's saying, yeah, yeah, I'll teach you on one foot. But after the rech- That's not true. It's just not true. I mean, there are ways to interpret it and explain the meaning how and whatever. Do you start, how do you start things? You have to start. That's his entrance. And then the man who wants to make such changes in his life, I assume, like you assume it's a lie, I assume he will be curious. And that's how you bring him to the place that you think it's I, I, I agree with you if that's what Hillel would have said. Hillel could have simply said, um, you know, this is, uh, this is uh, I, I can't teach you the altar on one foot, but let me give you one starting point to think about, and then we can go. He didn't say that. He said, yes. I'm going to teach you the whole Torah, stand on one foot. And then he sent the guy home. 
So the guy walks home thinking he's got the whole Torah on one foot, or the, the negative um, equivalent of that, and, and, and that's it. That. Then you're a couple shekel. I would like to ask you a question. Is it better to push somebody away with the whole truth yeah. or encourage somebody with the beginning of things and then give them a chance to develop? Ah, but, but neither option was given. I, I know that she was suggesting the same thing. Meaning, speak the truth, but speak a good truth. Tell them, listen. Um, listen. The beginning, uh, it's not the good truth. It's the beginning of the truth. That's Beit Shammai, though. That's what Beit Shammai would say. Beit Shammai would say to someone, listen, it's very... Beit Shammai would say that a person should say, listen, I know, I want, I know you want to be... Uh, uh, I know you want to become a Jew... But listen, you can't study the whole Torah on one foot. It doesn't mean Beit Shammai took a bat to his head and beat him over the head with it. That's not what it means. He He told him, listen, I, I know you've got good ideas and everything, but it's not an option. He, but what you're describing as the civil thing to do is closer to Beit Shammai than to Beit Hillel's statement of, Sure, everybody's welcome, everyone's beautiful, everyone is great, everything is nice, even though there are, even though if it may cause harm, your job right now is to create the least resistance to this person's state of peace. That doesn't seem, right? Uh, yes. I think that if Hitler was in the period of Jesus, there won't be Jesus and I think if Hillel was to the rabbi in Israel, there won't be such a friction between a religious and non-religious. I heard about Nasrin Kadrin, is a Muslim singer, that, ha- that for 10 years she started lighting candles and studied the Torah, and she wanted to convert and marry with a Jewish guy. And she went to the Rabbanut, and she said... And she loved Shema, and she davened, and she said, she said that one rabbi asked her, would you stop singing uh, if you convert? And another one to ask her, do you convert because of Yezer, your friend? And they, they sent her away. Um, she went to Rabbanei Tzohar, and now she's Jewish, but she's not considered. But it reminds me, Hillel and Shammai, the rabbis today in Israel, acting Re- like Shammai. Well, l- let me let me make it very clear, and I, I I think I'd like to spend, if I may, just just a few minutes, um, defending the position of Shammai. I think that everyone here feels, and I, and I want to differentiate again. I can't speak to any any individual circumstance, and there's certainly a number of people who have uh, been treated unfairly in this world. There's no shortage of that. But but the truth is, Beit Shammai is not like Beit Shammai is not political. Beit Shammai is not someone who is um, looking to throw people out because of the way that they look or the way that they think or because they're different or because they don't fit into my picture of what things should look like. Beit Shammai, Shammai himself, was an extremely gentle and kind person. Uh, we know Shammai is the one who said, He is the one who says that in Pirkei Avot, that you have to greet everyone with a smile. That's not what Shammai is, what Shammai is saying. What Shammai is saying is, you cannot compromise on speaking the truth. You can be nice, you can be gentle about it, but don't forego the truth for the sake of peace. It doesn't matter, you have to speak the truth. Now, what happens if you're stuck? Then don't say anything. Or, or, or uh, go around it. But say an outright lie, because it's going to feel good to someone, is not good according to Beit Shammai. But that's still better than those other people who want to take it all the way, all the way further, and they're rejecting people just with cruelty and, 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 and being mean, that's, that's not allowed even according to Beit Shammai. But I, I want to add one very important point in defense of Beit Shammai. In defense of Beit Shammai. This is a teaching that comes from the Ben Ishchai. The Ben Ishchai says, the Ben Ishchai was the great Sephardic rabbi in Baghdad at the turn of the, uh, going from the 19th century to the 20th century, uh, Yosef Chaim of Baghdad. This is what he says. He says, Beit Shammai's words, when he said, Ketzad Merakdim Lefnei Akala, how do we speak in front of the Kala? 
According to Beit Shammai, Kala Kamoshihi. Listen to the, what the, what, um, the Ben Ishchai says. He says, Kamoshihi means that the Kala is perfect. It's not that she's beautiful, or smart, or ugly, or dumb. None of those things mean anything. She is Kamoshihi. She is exactly the way that she needs to be. And this, the, the Ben Ishchai says this. He says that the reason why these two people are getting married is not because two random people found each other on the street and one of them thought that the other one's shoes were nice and so they started a conversation. These two people are getting married because up in Shamaim, Arba'im Yom Kodem Liyitzirat Avalad, 40 days before either of them was formed, a heavenly voice went out and said that these are, they were already together in the Olam, what do we call that world? In the Olam Ha'emet. So in the world of truth, they were already together. And so Kalak Moshihi means that there are no factors which is a fascinating concept, because we have to question ourselves. Why is it that we are complimenting anyone that they're beautiful? What does that even mean, that anyone is beautiful? Is beauty a truth, or is beauty a concept that was created in our imagination? Measuring people at all. Assessing people and evaluating people based on factors, meaningless factors, like, like the kind of clothing they wear. And even meaningful factors, like how smart they are. And I say meaningful because there's actually substance to that. According to Beit Shammai, he's questioning, why are we lying at all? Why are we talking about things that don't mean anything? When kalak mochihi, meaning that every single human being is perfect. Every single human being is perfect because everyone is exactly the way that they are supposed to be. There is no such thing as, as better or worse. Now, you can compliment someone that makes someone feel good about themselves, but when it comes to talking about a kala, so Beit Shammai says, instead of focusing on what they want to hear, it's because they themselves are fooled into giving meaning to something that's meaningless. And instead, Kalak Moshihi means that if you want to make, if you want to speak, speak the real truth. Speak the real truth that these two people are together because they are perfect individually and together. And that's, that's what the Ben Ishchai says. Now, what, what the Ben Ishchai is accomplishing with this, uh, and uh, that's the reason why he's trying to explain, what does it mean, Beit Shammai says, Kalakamoshihi, talk about her good qualities, talk about her as she is. Every person has things that you can say about them that are positive and good. That's one thing. But more so... And I think that the Ben doesn't quite say it like this. There's something wrong with us that we lie about things that aren't important. And we're saying things that aren't true and we are supporting this concept that we need to give um, credibility to people's discussions on how beautiful people are. And sometimes what can happen is by you thinking that you are complimenting people by talking about beauty, you're actually buying into these false, created, imaginary um, ways of defining people. And so to a certain extent, we think of Beit Hillel as being kind and gentle because he wants to compliment everyone. And we think of Shammai as being mean because he refuses to give someone any cre credit that, that I don't believe they truly have and therefore I would be lying. But that's actually not the case. Beit Shammai actually wants all of us to go above all these things. Truth is greater than peace because, tr um, again, that's the debate, truth over peace, but maybe truth can bring you to a higher level of peace than peace itself. And uh, I, I, I'm almost, I, I'm out of time, but I'm going to finish with one final thought and then we'll leave a couple of minutes for questions if someone has. But, but, 
Uh, there is a teaching, and uh, I've said this a number of times um, throughout, uh, I may even have mentioned it in one of these classes, but the, the, the Midrash tells us that when God wanted to create the world, he asked four angels whether he should create the world. First he asked Chesed, should we create the world? The Chesed said, yes, it's a world of Chesed, let's create the world of Chesed. Then Hashem asked Emet, should I create the world? And Emet said, no, the world is Malesh Karim, filled with lies. So Hashem said, asked um, Tzedek, should we create the world? And he said, yes, there's a lot of tzedakah in the world. Then Hashem asked Shalom, should we create the world? And Shalom said, no, because the world is filled with fighting. Right? The, the, there has basically never been a time when the world didn't have any wars, except for uh, the, um, the heavy pandemic time of uh, 2020. But uh, there's always wars in the world. So the Midrash tells us, Hishlich emet arza, that God threw truth to the ground and created the world. So all the Mephorshim ask, why only throw emet to the ground? Why not throw shalom to the ground? So what many of the commentators say, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is that once you throw emet to the ground, meaning once you realize that the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth belongs only in court, but that in amongst people, there has to be a balancing of emet and shalom. And according to Beit Hillel, we lean more towards shalom. And according to Beit Shammai, we lean more towards emet. But both agree that we don't go to the extreme of either. Then, you don't need to throw shalom to the ground, because everything is already better. So, what we have is, and we'll finish with this, Beit Shammai says, more truth more truth. And it's not just that the truth will, it may hurt, but it'll be true. It's also, it will elevate you. It'll bring you out of these places where you're so concerned about lies and politics and the way you say things. What Bit Hillel says, no, forget about trying to improve people and make them better. We have to focus first on making people feel good. None of them agree that you should always be lying. Neither of them suggests that you should speak only the cruelest and bluntest truth. But somewhere in between, and the question is, um, which direction you lean. Bezat Hashem, we'll, we'll take a couple of questions. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.